This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Value Inspiration Podcast. My name is Ton Dobber, and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration. The purpose of my company is to help business software companies rethink what can be to become remarkable again. The goal that I have in this podcast is to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential that we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. So my strong belief is that we can think big, and therefore we should. And doing so will help to create a better world for all of us. This podcast is all about that. My guest on the podcast this week is Susanna Baas, founder of the Global Human Genome Foundation and CEO of Social Genomics. For me, it's a global mission to make genomic knowledge available for every person on Earth. Every year, millions of people are dying because of a lack of access to available data. And I think that's just not right. And we should do something with this. It's to dare to think big. It's knowing what you know, the unique knowledge that can make a change in the world and to be able to think differently, not linear or locally, but try to think what, how would I like to see the future? It's usually the biggest world problems that end up with the best business model. The question is how can we make access available and how can we bring this to the people and and then you get a whole different way of thinking and solutions for a problem. This is Suzanne, also known as the Dutch DNA Queen. She's a woman on a mission, which is to create a universal access to genomic knowledge for every human on the planet. Suzanne is an exponential tech innovator and a genetic expert. In the past 10 years, she became to realize that no single person owns their DNA, the material that makes us who we are. The same material that empowers us to solve the world's most deadliest diseases. And because of this, she founded the Global Human Genome Foundation, a moonshot initiative to provide the world's population the key to the DNA and to enable them to share the data with scientists around the world. During this interview, we focus on the big idea behind Suzanne's mission and explore what's required to deliver exponential value. The mindset, what to look for, what questions to answer, how to start, the key choices to make, and what people or partners together around you. By listening to this interview, you will learn three things. Firstly, that technology is not always about creating technology yourself, but more about leveraging available technology in creative ways to deliver remarkable impact. Secondly, how a bold vision can work as a lever to accelerate execution. And thirdly, why focusing on problems is not always the best way to uncover untapped potential. To get the interview started, Suzanne, can you introduce yourself and tell a little bit about your company? Yes, my name is Suzanne Bars. I'm a scientist specialized in genomics and the founder of Global Human Genome Foundation and the CEO of Social Genomics. 
Uh, my purpose is to save lives by connecting genomic data on a global scale. And what we aim to do is to transform the lives of patients with a genetic disease by empowering them to connect with life-saving information. Okay. And we're doing this by using knowledge about genomics and gene expression as a means to match people based on their own specific profile. Well, um, wow, well, I say wow, but at the end, uh, genomics, I, I, I've, I've read about it, but I think a lot of people on the call um, don't know what genomics are all about. So can you explain it a bit? Yes, so genomics includes all the information that's inside our genome or DNA. And it's actually the material that makes us who we are. And uh, it's incredible, powerful, preventive information that informs us about our health, but um, also if we are, for example, suffering from a genetic disease, whether we or our children are carriers, and so how we can advance our health during our lifetime to help us to age healthy, but also to uh, inform us how we respond to, for example, drug and medicine in case we develop diseases. So it's very fundamental information about us as human beings. Okay. And, and this is actually also very fascinating because uh, we're all carrying our own genome. And if you consider, we are here with 7.7 .7 billion people each with a unique genome that informs us about how we function. And actually not only how we function ourselves, but it also means that we as, as a person can also carry the lacking information to save someone else's life. Well, well I mean, uh, my next question would be, uh, where, what's your passion? But to turn that into, back to genomics, why, why genomics as a passion? For me, the passion derives from, uh, from my own experiences, and it started very early. So I'm born and raised in a medical family specialized in genomics, uh, and I've performed genetic research myself for almost more than a decade now. And um, because of that, I've seen firsthand how people are dying because of a lack of access to available data. And if I think back, it were always the stories that I heard from my dad about his patients that he saw, um, and always the sentence that intrigued me most, if only we would have known, we could have prevented this. Hmm. And I think this sentence represents a huge inequality in the world that we need to fix. I agree. I agree. So... Um, to say uh, a little bit more about this, to give you an example. Uh, one of the stories you can think of right now, a mother is going with her son to the hospital. And her son who suddenly died while playing outside in the garden. And while being inside the hospital, the doctor will take the DNA as part of the diagnostic process to find the disease cause. But the strange thing is that, first of all, uh, within their family, more people previously died. So knowing this information before, they could have performed them about their risks, mm -hmm. but no one ever told them. So what I'm trying to say is that our healthcare system is reactive. We are waiting for people to die because our healthcare system will not be of any meaning 
for healthy people. And um, well, using information about our genome could have saved, uh, well, this, this boy's life and many more. So this, this represents an enormous flaw in the system itself because it's not reaching the people. And the second thing is that although the doctors have taken the DNA to identify disease at this moment, it's very likely that they need to tell the mother that they have found the mutation, but that the local hospital has never seen their case before. And this is very typical for genetic diseases as they are individually rare, but collectively common. So at the other side of the country, or maybe at the other side of the world, this means that there will be another boy or girl walking around with the lacking information. So thinking about this, for me, it raised uh, a few questions because as a patient uh, being diagnosed, you want to know, uh, you want to have access to the most accurate information that can help you, right? Yeah. So, but how are people supposed to access this information? And how can we create access for people, uh, both actually patients and doctors, to exponentially? Um, uh, to this exponentially growing universe of, of life-saving answers. Because if we look to the healthcare system as, as it is today, the ICT infrastructures, they're not, they're not connected. So hospitals cannot exchange the data. And that's also including healthcare uh, institutes and scientific institutes. So, in fact, even two hospitals next to each other, they, can, they cannot even exchange knowledge with each other. So it will take us a thousand years or more to connect all those systems on a global scale. And in the meantime, while we're living right now, uh, this means that we as humans have been, become totally dependent on our local hospitals. While there is much more knowledge that, um, that could save our life. And uh, for all those for, for who it is too late, it means that their data could, um, could be the, the, the saving information uh, for other people in the future. So that's another important point that I would like to add is that I strongly believe that we should learn from every patient because each patient's story is unique. And each story informs all those cases that will come in the future. So the question to empower patients and uh, and solve diseases, in my perspective, will be how can we instantly connect patients to this life-saving information that is relevant based on their own profile? Agree. Pretty big problem. So what is the big idea? Yeah, so the big idea. So what I realized is, is, so this data is not available because we're living in a world that after the rise of the internet, all companies have built this massive wall around them. And after our DNA is sequenced, so if patients go to a hospital or to a DNA testing company, the sequence themselves, they, they never get because it uh, remains stored in a local database. And mm-hmm. because of this, the data can also not be connected. So it can be that you as a person, the doctor will tell you, so we know your mutation, but sorry, we haven't seen your case before. 
while it can be that 100 meters from you or maybe at the other side of the country or the other side of the world, there's someone walking with the information to solve your disease. So the big idea is that we will build a smart system that is able to provide people self-ownership over their genomic data, so being able to have access to it, but also to connect it, so to build a smart AI system that empowers people to just with one click on the button, find people around them, find the answers they need. Wow. So how does it work in practice and who would... Who would typically use this system? So, yeah, that's a good question. There, there, There's one, of course, the people who are now searching for answers to survive. And that already are more than 1 billion people. Think oh. about people with a genetic disease, which accounts to, to 350 million people in the world. But also all people suffering from cancer or their relatives being at risk. But also more and more that we know about genomics, complex diseases or the big diseases like heart disease, diabetes, but also Parkinson and Alzheimer's. So basically having access to this knowledge will be relevant for all of us because Mm -hmm. in every family disease run, right? True. And so at some point during our life, we will be confronted with this. And then when we are confronted, we, we want to have access to to the best knowledge that's out there to provide us the best healthcare. So to go back to your question, in the beginning, it's, it's, it's most important now for people who are searching. So for, for those people I mentioned first, who go online, we, who don't have any ID, who don't have a cure for their disease, and they start searching online, like, am I the only person in yeah. the world? Or how can I find the data that's relevant for me and how can I find other people? And the way it works then is that we're building this social genomics platform, which is a global decentralized and distributed network in which people can register with their own account. And yeah, from their hospital, they can then with just one click uh, safely import their data into their own personal DNA fold for which we will use the blockchain technology which enables people to have truly self-ownership over their data. Very important. Very important. So when we say we make it, but it's the world who owns it. And from there, we people have a choice. They can either say, well, this is my data. I don't want to share. I want to, to have always access to it and to have it in a secure place. But you can also say, well, I want to share it. And then you have the option to, to make use of a yeah, unique matching system uh, that, again, is as simple as uh, clicking on a button that say, find my match, because the system is a smart system. It knows who you are, right? It has your data in it. And based on certain characteristics, it can find your match with other people worldwide. And that's where the connection is made. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And there can be there can be people, there can be other people searching for the for, for the same answer, suffering from the same disease. But it can also be healthy people, healthy people who want to do good for the world, who want to make use of this platform to save someone else's life. Because actually the beauty of DNA, of genomics, is that it's not only about ourselves. 
uh, right? It includes the information to protect our own health or our children. But we might also carry the information that is the missing link to solve someone else's disease. And it's only if we combine millions of unique profiles together and then make use of new technologies that provides us with means that we've never been able to imagine before. So they will dramatically uh, change healthcare and research how we know it today. Pretty inspiring. And now I also know where where the, the phrase comes from from your website. Susanna Baas is an exponential tech innovator. Because it's all about thinking big. So, it's, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you end up finding the sort of the solution to the problem? I mean, how did the process go? When, when was the aha moment, and how did you start? It's for me. It's really following your uh, how I call it your massively transformative purpose, and uh, mm-hmm. it's it's to dare to think big. It's knowing what you know, the unique knowledge that can make a change in the world and to be able to think differently, not linear or locally, but try to think what, how would I like to see the future and think in new possibilities instead of focusing on existing systems that have proven to be insufficient and really start focusing on creating this new world. Yeah, I agree. It's too easy to uh, to keep your 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 narrow focus and believe that there's no no solution to certain things because it's no one has come up with it yet. So you have to do it yourself. Exactly, exactly. Yes. And you know what they say, it's usually the biggest world problems that end up with the best business models. So yeah, it's about daring and just doing it. That's an interesting phrase by itself. It's these these biggest problems we've ended up with the the best uh, business models. When I was talking to uh, Mauricio Vecchione from Global Good Fund, he actually mentioned that uh, particularly in in, in his space and the the level of funding that was made available for for innovation, I think he was talking about 600 billion uh, in total funds and only a fraction of that, I think 3 billion was, was made available to the underdeveloped world. Yeah. Or the, well, yeah, the world, what he's calling the, the lower 5 billion or the, the, the bottom 5 billion, which then, of course, means that there's a huge scale problem, but there's no money made available for it. And although you say the best business models start here. Yeah, it, it's representing the, the huge inequality. And also, I think, reflects of the human mind, maybe focusing sure. on, on their own surroundings and their own need. Well, you also need to, like, with thinking bigger, it's also about... Uh, focusing on something that is greater than yourself. And I believe if you do that, that includes the entire world. And especially what I believe is that we should use our unique position here, our knowledge, our background, our access to resources to make a difference in in those lives and those places which people don't have access to these resources and to make a contribution to that. So if you if you look to our business, what we we're, we were doing is not only using the new technology, but we're also using the opportunities these new technologies provide us to come up with a disruptive business model that is especially benefiting the developing countries. So, right. <laughs> so what you see is using using the blockchain technology, and we're deleting the middleman. 
And what we do by empowering people, um, we also want to encourage people to share their data for the benefit of science. But we also believe uh, differently than how it is right now that people can obtain, receive shared earnings by sharing their data. Instead of uh, big companies earning millions of dollars behind or back uh, from our data, which is so now stored in safe and isolated databases, yeah. uh, of which we don't have any control about, no ID, no insights, whatever. And so we're also changing that. And this is not only disruptive, but it is also transformative. And why I'm saying this is if you think about the developing world, head to the 5 billion people there, they all have a smartphone. And a lot of research is performed in especially those countries. So we empower those people because with their smartphone, they can now import their own data into their system and they can start sharing and they can sharing uh, with sharing. They gain access to this worldwide knowledge of access that they don't have to protect their own health, but they can also use this mechanism to obtain incentives that will provide them the means to, to get access to, to healthcare. Yes. So with, with the coin, with, with the incentives, with the new way of, of sharing value. Because if you look to those countries, it's amazing what they do and how they adapted the, the new possibilities. If you look to Africa, there are pharmacies where you can pay with the Bitcoin, for example. Yes. People don't have access to, to money. And they often lack even the resources of, of having like money materialized. But using these systems, they can change value and get access to the medicines they need. Yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, the, the number of ideas that pop up with uh, by, by blending together different technologies uh, is, is mind-blowing. It's, it's endless. Uh, this afternoon, I got an interview with someone else that is also using the blockchain to do more or less the same thing, providing a job to over 2 billion people. Yeah. And making that available. Yeah. So... It's interesting to see how this all uh, pops up. So going back to, to the product and well, to the mega idea, I would call it. In the whole development process, what did you do to make it what it is today and to make it succeed? So it all started with the vision, with the purpose, divining the concrete purpose and the vision. And then you start thinking, so what's needed? And in our case, that was a change of powers, inducing the change of power. So instead of focusing on, on, on systems, so the system having the ownership about the data, we empower people. So we start building, making use of the blockchain technology to make this change a reality. And secondly, is, is about how to think with product development, how can you connect the data? And then you really need to think as well further than only technology, but look to practice in that perspective, you need to know how the systems are right now to find a connection where you connect what is still there, because as far as you can think in front of you into the future, eventually you need to find your place, your position in the current society as well. True. So you can do that through good partnerships of, of companies who have this shared vision and, and share the same values together, co-create uh, and to be stronger. Agreed. So in that whole process, of course, because then it, once you start brainstorming, you get an explosive number of ideas. And I think you, you popped up with a number of them. 
one of the quotes I always liked from Steve Jobs was innovation is, is saying no to a thousand things <laughs> rather than saying yes to, uh, to a lot of them. So what did you say no to in order to, to keep, to ensure that, that you created something remarkable, if any? Yeah, to, well, you get a lot of offers <laughs> once you start and people discover this idea that you have. They all jump on you. And they all want to talk. They all want to involve you into into their into their system, into their ecosystem. And you really need to know, like, are these the partners that that I can really build with towards this future? For our case, it's it's how we do it. We work a lot with these technologies, but it's not that we that we develop each of them ourselves but because we think we need to make use of existing and proven commodities and that's more about the value creation the, the way it is used that delivers the true value behind the company so then it already starts there are a lot of technical companies offering a range of services and yeah you really need to know like what is it that that we need and to what extent and you need to make choices in that. True. Were there any tough choices you had to make? Tough choices. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. But yeah, staying being truthful to to dare to think big and to act big. So not say yes to to small yeah. <laughs> think twice, basically. True. Yeah. <laughs> think twice. I think I get what you mean there. It's definitely the case. Now, before you know, there's so many startups and they're smart, small. And of course, you have this giant vision and you always need to start small and then to be sure that you have this strong focus to continue. But it is starting small with your own inner purpose and not in a locked up situation. So what you see, if you are in, if you start in a local environment and then you have local pilot studies and before you know you were in there for 10 years doing the one and, and the other pilot study and and making such small incremental steps that from the entire big vision it becomes rather a dream than a reality so, so yeah. that's really the thing to <laughs> watch out <laughs> exactly i've seen it over and over again in my previous life in the erp world it's like all these things that have to be done and it takes you completely away from yeah, what is the big vision and where do you go from here? So where you are today, what are you most proud of delivering? Most proud of delivering? Well, building the alpha release of the platform together with the major hospitals in the Netherlands. So within one year, we have built an incredible, strong fundament with incredible people around us, expert professionals, leaders from all kinds of fields, which are supporting and accelerating the mission. And we're now at, at the point that two major hospitals in the Netherlands are willing to implement or innovation in their hospital, uh, which is for a small country as the Netherlands, quite an establishment <laughs> to go forward. Exactly. Yeah, we always think feet on the ground, first first proof, then we do it. <laughs> and for this, you have to uh, think big again and possibly take some risk. But then once you pull it off, it's uh, it's fantastic. 
Exactly. But yeah. and there are also really the people. So what you see is that if you have a strong vision, people also appeal to the vision and they start supporting based on their own intrinsic motivations. And that together, you're not building only a technology innovation, but you're, you're really changing the entire surrounding of yourself of the system of, of in society. And I think that's the, the, the strong power it has that you need to also really change something from within at a deeper level to go forward. Exactly. So from what you know right now, the, the, the lessons that you've learned as a person, but also as a company, what advice would you give other ISVs that maybe are in a completely different uh, landscape beyond what you already have advised so far in this in this podcast what tips or what yeah what advice would you give yeah the first one is really follow your purpose and and dare to think big like we discussed yeah uh, humanity is entering a world of radical transformation and with a huge revolution powered by the endless opportunities that technology provides us and at the moment we believe we can do it we will make it a reality so that's my first and, and foremost advice I, I want to give everyone. Follow your dream, follow your heart, and the best thing will happen to you. So that's also my own experience. For me, standing in my purpose has been the best thing that happened in my own life because it's, it's so powerful, so energetic, and you get these special and deep connections with people around you and that bring you on, on, on the next level to continue. So that's very fulfilling. Uh, the second one is focusing on, on the abundance. So in, instead of focusing on problems and solving them, look around you and, and, and see the abundance and really think about how you can use this to build the future with. So in our case, it's, it's realizing that at the one side, millions of people are dying because of a lack of access to genetic knowledge. But that at the other hand, we are here with 7.7 billion people each carrying their own genetic code. Yeah. So it's, it's rather about, once you realize that, the, the question is, how can we make access available and how can we bring this to the people? And, and then you get a whole different way of thinking and solutions for a problem. And the third one especially has to do with, with what you're making. It's really focusing on making technology intuitive because I personally really believe that technology should be purpose-driven like we discussed, but you can make it applicable, affordable, and accessible for all. But if it's not intuitive, if people don't really like to use it, no one will use it. So I think in this time in history, it's extremely important to focus on uh, the user design, uh, the user experience, and make it more than technology. Make, make it an experience that people feel they're part of something, that it brings something and bring the emotion into it. Very good advice. So what's next for you? I mean, what is the next big milestone that you want to, uh, to hit with, with the, yeah, on the journey? First of all, we want to continue our global movement. So from the Human Genome Foundation, we have initiated this movement and we're now fundraising and setting up a global campaign to spread 
this vision and to make people aware of what this can mean for their lives and their children and so our future. So for this, maybe people listening, I, I would like to invite everyone that be part of it. It's a social movement and everyone can take part of it. And the other one is we're preparing an ICO. So launch it, launching with a private pre-sale of which we want to offer people, but especially also big organizations and corporates who are taking care about their people. Yeah, want to offer them uh, the DNA fold. So invest in the future, basically. Pretty cool uh, things to look forward to. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, my last question is typically always, what is your big ask? I think you, uh, you, you pointed it out already. Make, be part of that movement and, uh, and, and take action there. So thank you very much for your very inspiring explanation of, of the big idea and the journey that you're going through. I mean, I'm, there's, there's a lot of interesting people I've been talking to in the last couple of weeks, but uh, this is one of my, my, my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. And yeah, maybe one special request. Like, if you know, if people know big philanthropists sharing this, this exponential thinking with us, who can bring us in, into contact with them, yeah, but also organizations like the Bill Gates Foundation, I will be more than pleased to talk further. I think that's a very good good question to leave the audience with. Thank you very much, Suzanne. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. And for everybody else on the podcast, thank you for tuning in. I had the honor today to speak to Suzanne Baas, founder of the Global Human Genome Foundation and CEO of Social Genomics. You can find more about Suzanne in a variety of ways. First, of course, there's Twitter. And the Twitter handle for Suzanne is Suzanne underscore Baas. Then, of course, there's LinkedIn. But you can also go to the website of the foundation, which you can find at www.humangenomefoundation.org or you can go to Suzanne's website, which you can find at www.suzannebaars.com. The goal of this podcast is to share compelling ideas and showcases to inspire what can be when technology and people blend in the right way. It's my strong belief that too much focus is put on automating people out of a process, in other words, cutting costs, rather than scenarios where the unique strength of people are augmented with technology to change the established rules and to deliver a value that was unimaginable before. So, with this podcast, I want to make a contribution to change this, to create a broader awareness of what can be, to accelerate the adoption by bringing together you, a tribe of like-minded people and organizations, and lastly, to accelerate the initiatives and solutions that could be created because one idea inspires the other. So if you know about stories that are worth sharing, please send me a message. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas, and that starts with you. If you want to have more information, read my blogs, or obtain information on working with me, just visit me on my website, valueinspiration.com. Thank you for tuning in, and you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast or provide me with your feedback. I'll see you shortly in a new episode. That's what ransomware is all about. It's psychological pressure. Ransomware. When your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come true. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. 
a new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for .com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, and subscribe.